This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of the Raw Reaction Show joining you uh, not every morning um, but uh, the morning of course after uh, the latest Arsenal fixture at 8am. Thank you so much as always for being a part of the show and joining us live in the chat box and of course those that are watching and catching up and listening on audio and YouTube platforms as well. I hope you've had a good weekend. I hope you're ready for a brand new week of whatever it is you're going to be doing. And of course, a brand new game for Arsenal come the end of this week away at West Ham. But we need to talk about yesterday's game and we'll be doing so, I think, for the foreseeable, especially if the impacts of it have an impact on the rest of Arsenal's season. Uh, Arsenal drawing 2-2 against Liverpool at Anfield to record what is their best results in the stadium for a hell of a number of years. Um, A ridiculous number of years, in fact, because the number of times we've gone there and been battered stretches back significantly far into our past. And We could have even won it and won it well if things had gone slightly differently. And we're going to go into a lot of the reasons as to why that happened. Uh, I'm going to give you a lot of my thoughts and feelings about the game in more detail as well. Um, And then we'll, of course, go to part two and take your questions from the chat box as well. But good morning to those joining us. Sandman, good morning to you, to Carl, to Martin, to Blackshine. Good morning to Vivian, Matt G, Amira. Uh, Good morning to Francois and Leopold. Good morning. Uh, to Grandani Guna Paul, good morning to uh, Alex, uh, good morning to Stephen, uh, good morning as well to Julian Tuckerboy, and plenty more of you all as well that have indeed tuned in today, and plenty more indeed. What a gloomy day it is! It's not particularly nice outside, but I don't think it's particularly nice in the feeling of Arsenal right now. I think fans are feeling. A little bit deflated, a little bit let down and a little bit uh, gutted uh, in probably feeling as though we lost, even though we didn't. And we'll come on to the reasons as to why and what maybe needs to change. And obviously the way in which I think we need to look on things more positively too. Uh, let's crack on then. So uh, Arsenal take a point from Anfield in which it moves them six points clear of Manchester City, who have a game in hand away at Brighton, which is obviously going to be a very difficult test for them. Uh, and Arsenal will travel to 
the Etihad uh, on the 26th and 22. So just over three weeks' time from now, Arsenal will, of course, face uh, the biggest game of their season. And yesterday's game started off, I thought, you know, really, really well. Martinelli haunting Liverpool once again. He loves a goal against Liverpool, does Martinelli. And uh, he got another one after scoring early at the Emirates in the season. He scored early once again inside the first 10 minutes. Great drive from Bakaya Saka playing inside to Odegaard, who then got a little bit of fortune off of his pass from uh, Virgil van Dijk before Martinelli remained very composed in the box to poke the ball past Alisson. And that genuinely feels an absolute age ago because so much happened in this game that the first 10 minutes just feel like an eternity uh, ago. Uh, But it was a great start to the game and we played exactly how we needed to. We approached the game exactly what we wanted and what we planned to do. And I could not have asked of any more of how we started the game. And if I was a Man City, if I was anyone else, a Newcastle, a Brighton, a Chelsea, the teams that we've still got to play this season, there should be concern about what Arsenal is capable of regarding what they're going to be doing in the opening parts of games or throughout any point of the game as well. And that will, of course, continue with Gabriel Jesus. Uh, He really is back in a very big way. The thing that we lacked from Gabriel Jesus, I think, in the first half of the season was regular goal scoring. I'm talking about picking up goals in successive fixtures. He had that big run of games where he didn't score, but he's returned from injury and he looks sharp. He looks clinical and he's taken the opportunities that fall to him as well. And the one that did fall to him, because he didn't really get too many opportunities throughout the whole game, but the one that did fall to him, he took really, really well. If you remember the header uh, against Leeds United last week where he headed it over the bar, This obviously showed that his aerial ability is good enough and when he's found in the right position and I think judges the flight of the ball more accurately, he can find himself getting a much better contact to beat the goalkeeper. It came a little bit against the run of play. Liverpool were building back into the game after Arsenal had scored, but that goal was a really good show of what Arsenal were capable of building out of basically nothing. Um, And certainly the goal in itself was a really good finish and a really good moment for Arsenal. And again, that first 30 minutes that Arsenal displayed, I think certainly showed what we're capable of this season and should give fans a hell of a lot of encouragement uh, regarding what they're capable of achieving when they go to the Etihad, when they go to St. James's Park, when we play Chelsea, when we play Brighton, when we play next week. We showed exactly what we're capable of doing. And uh, I think that will certainly, certainly help us uh, throughout the course of this season. If we are going to win the league, it's going to be performances like those first 30 minutes expanded across the majority, if not all of the game, for the rest of the games that we have left, which, of course, there are only eight. Now, uh, there was, of course, the moment where it then all changed. Just before half-time, minutes before, in fact, Granit Xhaka has a clash with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Now, before this clash ensues, something that maybe people aren't talking about necessarily enough, There was arguably a foul on Granit Xhaka. I believe it was Canate that makes this foul, and the referee doesn't give it. And because he doesn't give it, the play continues. And in that moment, the play continues to the point where Trent and Xhaka come together. Initially, it looks like Xhaka kind of instigates the whole scenario. Um, The arm that goes uh, towards Trent, and then Trent obviously reacts and pushes him. And then when Xhaka should just walk away, he doesn't. And he reproaches Trent Alexander-Arnold's foreheads go to foreheads and the Anfield crowd reacts. And trust me, from if you weren't able to watch the game for whatever reason, if you were uh, listening or just not able to kind of hear the reaction in the first 30 minutes, Anfield was dead. It was quiet. It was, it was just not breathing at that stage. And this moment just seemed 
to resuscitate the crowds and resuscitates Liverpool. And suddenly Liverpool had something that they had that they didn't have during the first 30 minutes of the game and that they didn't have at Chelsea in midweek, which was motivation, if anything, a real motivation. They kind of know their season's a bit done at this point, but actually being able to annoy, frustrate, get one over Arsenal, that suddenly became, that gave them belief. And then not only that, but obviously to go and concede the goal that we did then just minutes later was the worst case scenario. Uh, It reminded me a little bit in the Leeds game, if you remember, when uh, there was a moment on our right-hand side between Xhaka and White, and I think uh, Leeds on the left-hand side were kind of attacking Arsenal's goal, and then White came in and absolutely... It might be White, it might be Xhaka. One of the two came in and smashed the ball into the crowd and out for a corner. And that was the corner that Leeds actually... Uh, was it No, sorry, Palace. That Palace actually scored from. And in that moment, I was like, oh, yeah, those moments where it just lights it up a little bit or you go in with a little bit hard or you over-egg something or you light the crowd up or you light the other team up and you give them that incentive. It's just something that is lacking thought and... I don't really like using the words like things lack maturity because I think sometimes people use the word maturity out of context and inappropriately. But I do think in this scenario, it is about maturity and Xhaka did lack that maturity in this moment. And unfortunately, that did spur Liverpool to go and get that first goal. Um, And it could have been very much different as well in the second half because the second half, Liverpool came out certainly the better sides, the dominant sides, and a penalty was given. Rob Holding... um, Slightly clumsily, I think slightly unlucky as well, uh, going into Diogo Jota. And Jota goes down and the referee gives a penalty. Now Salah, who is, I would usually say reliable, but has missed two other penalties this season. Uh, kind of passes the ball past the post where you could argue Ramsdale gets inside the players' heads, if you like. Um, but ultimately, I, I always feel as though it's on it's on a player. Penalties should always be scored. And if it's not scored, it's usually I look towards the player rather than the goalkeeper, even if they make a good save. Um, and that, I think, if that penalty goes in, I think Arsenal probably end up losing the game. Um, but they don't. And we continue to defend and we continue to plug away. And Ramsdale is forced to produce some of the finest saves that we've seen after, of course, that goal from Roberto Firmino that leveled things up on the 88th minutes during the game. Zinchenko, obviously, nutmegged by Trent. And the cross is, is brilliant. And Ramsdale's committed himself to that side and can't get back across to stop the uh, to stop the cross, unfortunately. Uh, there's, there's question marks maybe about Ramsdale's positioning for this one and does he get sucked in too much to the cross? But I suppose he has to be for his positioning there. I mean, he's going to know far more about goalkeeping than I am and know where he needs to be standing and he'll be taught about that, certainly. So if, if that's the case, I think it's a great cross and obviously a great header. There's arguments maybe that we should be better defending a header from that position. But of course, you could argue as well that Gabriel Jesus shouldn't be able to get on the cross that comes in. It's very similar. Uh, and then Ramsdale ends the game in what is just brilliant for the save from Salah initially from the deflected shot, which kind of gave me um, memories of the, the James Madison save at Leicester. Um, and then, of course, the save from Canate in which he able to kind of dive backwards on himself and claw the ball away as well was just sublime. And I think what's good about the way in which the game ended, even though we drew, is that Arsenal arguably ended the game with a little bit of a boost. If their last action would have been to equalise and take the points away from Arsenal, I think maybe that would have been 
certainly more damaging. I think the fact that they scored still late, but with enough time in the game for Ramsdale to put on that display and give Arsenal maybe a little bit of a psychological boost and the fact that they were able to kind of save the the, the point, if you will, at the end. I think, if anything, mentality-wise, um, from a mentality standpoint, that I think will be a bit of a boost going into next week. Now, in terms of certain performances, just two players to highlight in particular. I thought Partey showed exactly why we missed him in that game against Man City earlier this season. Of course, uh, he was injured and unavailable for that game and we hosted Man City at the Emirates. Jorginho came in, of course, and did okay. Um, But it was this game where I think if you go back and you watch Partey's individual performance, you see what you get from having Partey in the team. The control, the calmness on the ball, the way he uses space, the way in which he passes through players, the way in which he uses the... Um, the mindset of the opposition to draw them in before playing the pass away, um, the recoveries, the tackling, the physicality, you know, his intelligence on the ball. Everything about Partey's game was for me, I can't make me think I cannot wait to see what we do at the Etihad with him in our team. And hopefully we'll have Saliba back for this as well. Um, but Partey, I think, showed exactly, exactly why we missed him in that game against Man City at home and why ultimately that was a big, big part of the reason why we didn't win. But uh, unfortunately, still with his presence in the team, wasn't enough to aid us in, in potentially getting the win. Ben White, there's been a lot of talk about Ben White's performance overall. Obviously, I don't think it was the best, probably one of his poor performances of the season. What I would say is that I think that the the yellow card that he gets for the misplaced pass and then diving in, which I think it was a silly challenge to make. It was always obvious, even though he gets the ball and some people say that's never a foul because he gets the ball first, but it's just all the footballing world that we play in at the moment. You're going two-footed, you're out of a bit of control. He gets maybe fortunate to get the ball in that moment. It is a yellow card. Um, he plays the game like a right back on a yellow card that knows there's nobody to come on to replace him. Um, and he played nervously. He played, his passing was off. Um, and I think if he's not on a yellow card, he probably doesn't have as poor of a game as what we saw. But unfortunately, naively getting that yellow card, I think, was always going to mitigate the rest of his fixture. And Cody Gakpo, I thought, was brilliant on the day. I think, you know, that's a real player that Liverpool got their hands on and obviously a player that Arsenal were very interested in as well. Um, he really did know, let's say, that White was on that yellow and had to test him. But having holding next to him as well, I think holding overall... Had a decent game defensively, headed things clear, was airily really good. We'll talk about the clumsiness with the, the penalty. I still think it's soft, it's harsh. Um, but when the referee gives it, VAR's never going to overturn that. It's it's one of those where in some games you see them given, and if they're given, they're never going to be overturned. And if they're not given, I don't think the VAR overturns it either. It's one of those moments I think holding um, ultimately will come out of this game relatively happy with his performance. Uh, I think the people that are... Always wanting to batter Holding will probably still batter him for this, which is a shame um, because certainly the reason why we drew this wasn't because of Rob Holding. You know, for me, the reason why we didn't get the three points in this game is is down to two things. First of all, as Granit Xhaka, as we've already discussed, and the second point for me is Mikel Arteta. And you know me, I will defend and talk about and praise Mikel Arteta as much as feasibly possible. But when the time comes to say the things that need to be said that I think are worthy criticisms. I think we need to talk about them. And the substitutions, I think, were 
that were one of the big reasons why the game ultimately played out the way that it did. I don't think we were urgent enough with the changes that we could have made. And I think that Alexander Zinchenko should have been brought off sooner um, for, for Kieran Tierney. I think that going to five at the back when Liverpool went to two in midfield really invited that pressure on. I might understand if we were talking about the last five to ten minutes. Like, if you'd have swapped over the substitutions that we made with Zinchenko for Tierney in the, after we went to 2-2. If you swap over that sub with the subs that we made for Trossard and um, and Kivio, I think maybe you come out of this game slightly differently. I think maybe you come out of this game potentially even with a 2-1 win um, or maybe even a 3-1 win. I would have liked to have seen Odegaard come off for a Vieira, a Smith-Rowe, even a Jorginho, just to kind of maintain that midfield um dominance and having three in midfield compared to their two yes they had four forwards but when we went to five at the back it was almost like we were buying into the whole war of attrition that eventually was just going to end in in them scoring and as soon as they did score it could have been even different obviously we had a great chance at the end and Martinelli's pass to Saka could change the entire complex of the game and obviously the whole season as well and I'm not necessarily going to point fingers at Martinelli for that bad pass because it's Martinelli's the reason why we were 2-0 up in the first place is because of Martinelli finishing and of course setting up Gabriel Jesus as well. Um and obviously Alan says here benefit of hindsight's a lovely thing of course Alan it is but I don't think it's relatively you know that shocking when a lot of people before we conceded me included were certainly suggesting to those around them on social media or to those in the pub or those at the game or those in the living room with you that the substitutions were needed to be a little bit more proactive. Um, so whilst it's easy to say, sitting here at 8am, I can confirm to you, I was certainly saying it during the game as well, that I felt as though we didn't take advantage of the the two midfielder situation that Liverpool put themselves into by taking Fabinho off uh, and bringing another forward on. Uh, I think in that moment, unfortunately, we maybe missed an opportunity to to hurt them and to regain a bit more dominance and regain a bit more composure and have certainly control in the midfield. As soon as we brought Kivior on for, for Erdegaard in that position, I thought, well, we are now going to be sitting here and waiting this out and trying to defend our box. And I think uh, actually the game may have been able to go slightly differently had things uh, been a little bit more thought through regarding the substitutions. It's just my opinion. Okay, let's go to part two then and your questions, thoughts and theories and queries right after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
Okay, let's uh, let's go to the chat box then and tackle some of your questions. Julian says, Tom, looking at Zinni for the second goal, do you think it would have been a mistake to let Kieran Tini leave this summer? Um, I think Arsenal ultimately are interested in keeping hold of him. That's the priority. If they can keep him, I think they'll try and keep him. I think this all lands kind of on Tini himself. I think it very much rests with him. If he, If we get a good offer for the player and he wants to go, I think he'll go. I think if Arsenal want to keep him and he's happy to stay as well, even if we get an offer, I think they'll try and keep him because they think he's a very good second choice left back to have, obviously, in the team. Um, and I think that with Zinchenko in these types of games, I would have started Zinchenko. I don't agree with the people that are saying we should have started um, Tierney in this game. I think that, if you want to talk about hindsight, that's more of a hindsight-based view of the fixture. I think the reason why we were able to be so dominant in the first 30 minutes of the game, is a lot in part to do with what Zinchenko brings to the team. No, I don't want to see Zinchenko moved in, into midfield. I don't want to see... T if if you are going to change something, sure, bring Xhaka off for Tierney in that moment and move Zinchenko in there. Sure, I understand that. That might be something to do differently. But and I think maybe that's what we would have done had it not been for the way in which ultimately we, we ended up conceding. But that should have been dealt with a lot sooner in the game, unfortunately. But no, I wouldn't have started Tierney over Zinchenko. I only would have brought on Tini for Xhaka if we were talking about 10 minutes earlier than the sub was made. I think I would have done it then. Um, but sure, I think Tini will only go if he wants to go. I think the club wants to still keep him at the club. Um, Penny Wynn says, Arteta trying to make training sessions feel somewhat like Anfield in the All or Nothing documentary was not so silly now to the people that battered him for it. Uh, true 12th player, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know. I think that more so the mistake that Arteta made was summed up really well by Tim Stillman on the Arsenal Vision podcast in the lead-up to this game, which was that he talked too heavily about the the monster that is Anfield. And I think he kind of, as I think the words that Tim was, was that he superimposed his own fear, his own regret onto his team. And that was one of the big reasons why we messed up last season. This time around, I think, ultimately, one player being Granit Xhaka, not learning from last year and just giving the the oxygen back to Anfield um, was the big reason why the game turned like it did. And then conceding a goal so soon after that moment obviously compounded that and then gave Liverpool the belief. If you go into half-time and you're still 2-0 up, I think you've got a great foundation to still build from. But because we went in at 2-1 and we conceded that goal, it was always think, going to really swing in Liverpool's favour and the second half was always going to come out with extra belief. I think if you go into that half-time at 2-0, you're laughing and you can build in the second half and kind of recompose yourself. But being just with one goal up left us very nervous and I think lacking that ruthlessness that maybe got us to that point in the game. Uh, Amira says, not excusing what he did, but don't you think old Xhaka narratives intensified the criticisms? Hearing commentators and fans say Xhaka again just proves it for me. The goal ignited the crowd, not him. I think the goal doesn't happen if Xhaka doesn't do what he does in that moment. You're right in saying that the, the goal ignites the crowd more, but I don't think Liverpool have the same level of end-of-half belief and fervour that they had. Um, you know, they were whipping up the crowd. They were Trent was going for it. You know, he was really fired up after that moment as well. And he had motivation. And Trent has been poor this season and probably had his best game in a Liverpool shirt after it this season as well. And... I think that does go to Xhaka. I think the narratives of Granite Xhaka obviously lead into this. Um, I'm not. I. It's it's not as if we didn't win the game because of the one moment. 
But it's very hard, not because obviously I think we can still win this if we make better decision-making in the second half. But it's very hard to look at that incident and look at what happened afterwards and think, if that doesn't happen, maybe the game plays out differently. Of course, maybe it plays out differently. Um, but no, it's not Xhaka's fault solely for why we didn't win. And there are other reasons as to why we didn't win this game as well. But certainly, I don't think it would be unfair to say that Xhaka is a big part of one of the reasons why we didn't win this game. Um, Kuhn says, uh, I honestly don't see us losing at the Etihad. What do you think? As I said, with the, the thumbnail of this show, City should be worried. I think City should be worried and think City will be worried in the way in which Arsenal approach this game, in the way in which Arsenal show what they're capable of doing. I think City would have been expecting Liverpool to win this. I think they would have expecting Arsenal to go to this game and crumble. Some people might say that Arsenal did crumble. I don't think that we did. I think that Arsenal went into this game and played exceptionally. I think if an Arsenal crumble is when they might go one up or Liverpool start well and they win the game a canter, or they do what they did against Man United. I think that's a crumbling of Arsenal. I don't think this is a crumbling. I think this is just a bit of a mistake, ultimately. What Arsenal cannot do at the Etihad is obviously repeat some of the mistakes that were made, not just here, but also in the Man City game earlier this season. Arsenal cannot afford to do that. Arsenal have to go into that game after beating West Ham and Southampton. Arsenal cannot afford to drop points going into those two games. If we drop points against West Ham, against Southampton, I think the title race is firmly in their control. It won't be completely over, but it will be firmly in their control, especially if we don't get a win at the Etihad. Arsenal have to win their next two games, and then they have to avoid defeat at Man City to have any chance of the title. That's how we That's how we have to go into it. We have to beat Man, uh, West Ham. We have to beat Southampton. And then we have to avoid defeats at the Etihad to have any hope of winning the league this season. And it's as simple as that because, as Liverpool will tell you, you can win nearly every game. You can lose just one game all season. But if Man City are the team that you're going up against, it doesn't matter. You have to be near perfect to get a title. And unfortunately, Arsenal are facing some challenges you know we're not Liverpool you have to remember that like we're not Liverpool we're not a team that were getting 90 point seasons before we finally won the league or had the benefit of a Covid season to, to help them, them on their way we're Arsenal we finished fifth last season have done amazing things in the market have built us towards this place have brought in two players that have got the mentality of title winners that have pushed us into this position with a manager that's done a brilliant job but ultimately, we are still trying to achieve something that we have not built towards in the same way that Liverpool built towards it by competing for the title for the previous two, three seasons. We're in a situation where we find ourselves exponentially boosted by the process that we've been on and are in unfamiliar territory. So it's a very different situation to Liverpool competing with Man City, who are equally ruthless, equally as experienced at pushing for a title. Arsenal are trying to do something they've never done before by playing amazing football, by playing well above and punching above arguably their way. Even though I know we've been amazing this season, it's difficult not to admit that we're punching above our weight still this season, especially when you consider what's, what's happened, what the squad is, and what we're up against. A Man City that had the best striker in the world to their team and is now breaking every record on the, on the planet in terms of scoring. Um, I think we need to be very objective about what Arsenal are doing this season but I'm still exceptionally hopeful and optimistic about our chances uh Iqbal says hey Tom uh why are we uh why do we kept taunting the wounded tiger it's as if we didn't learn from the previous season when Mikel had the altercations with Klopp and we lost control again I think it's one player I think the rest of the team is actually really composed throughout the game and deals with things really well it's just the one player I think unfortunately it doesn't learn and it only takes one you know 
If you have a dam and you have one loose screw, that can be enough to send that dam crumbling down. And I think that you need everybody to be in the same mindset of not reacting, not responding, not giving the oxygen back to Anfield. And unfortunately, we did that. Um, Moyne says, uh, the refereeing was outstandingly bad. The amount of fouls Trent Alexander-Arnold did, if it was anyone from Arsenal, we would be a 10-man uh, team. How on earth was that a penalty? Um, I, I personally think that it's one of those where it's harsh, but if it's given, VAR doesn't overturn it. And if it isn't given, VAR doesn't um, then give it. Um, so it's it's a 50-50 penalty for me. Um, uh, I think if it was the other way around, I'd be really calling it for it for Arsenal. So I'm not going to be too annoyed about the penalty. But what I am annoyed and what I agree with you with is I think the referee did not give a number of of really blatant fouls, um, of really blatant... Uh, I think he didn't let the game play out as it should. I think he was just so... So kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, desperate to just allow it to flow completely freely that unfortunately we lo- he lost a little bit of control of things. And he actually opened up Liverpool to just kind of jump in and batter Arsenal or tackle Arsenal unfairly and then get the ball back. And Martinelli went down a few times and should have been granted a foul. I think Xhaka went down, obviously, as I've already talked about, ahead of the moment, which obviously turned the game. Should have been a foul and probably then that doesn't happen. So, unfortunately, um, it's, it's, it's a shame. That said, we've lost our last five games with Tierney in charge and we've drawn this one, nearly won it. So, maybe things are changing in that regard as well. Um, let's go to boom, 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 boom. Noel says, morning. I feel we lacked positivity in the second half. We now need a big penalty, uh, personality, sorry, in the dressing room. Ramsdale, Xhaka, Odegaard to reinstate the belief. It's all down to mentality. Uh, Cam says, I can't see City losing any of their next games. We have the harder fixtures compared to them. Exactly. Well, we just need to do our job and that's to win every game that we have. We just need to win, 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 win. Arguably going to Anfield's harder than going to the Etihad in some ways. Some people will, will argue that it's harder of a place to go to, especially if I think we start the game like we started the game at Anfield. I think if we go 2-0 up at, at the Etihad, I don't think what happens uh, to, to us at Anfield happens to us at the Etihad. And so we just need to approach the game in the same way that we approach this one. And hopefully we can do that. Uh, Akin says, Tom, do you think Arteta set up for the counters in the second half? Noticed a lot of balls aimed for Martinelli and Saka on the counter. I think on any other day, we would have scored at least two of those. Yeah, I think we do. And I don't think that's the right way. I think that was fine to approach it maybe at the start to ride out the bit of the wave that we had. But as soon as Liverpool made desperate changes that they made, we didn't respond to it in the right way. We encouraged them further to attack us. We kind of, you know, bent to their will, if you like. And I don't think that was the way to approach things regarding the substitutions. But I think at 2-1, it's fine to try and play on the counter a bit when they're having that dominance because you can hurt them, as teams like City showed. Um, But I do think that ultimately we didn't take advantage of the situation when it was presented to us when Fabinho came off and we kind of, I think, went too defensive and then weren't proactive enough with some of the other changes we could have made. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, there were a few decisions yesterday where Liverpool players were on yellows and could have possibly seen red. These were ignored. However, last season, the same ref would have maybe sent off our players. Again, it's difficult off the top of my head to remember them. Was it Fabinho potentially could have been sent off for one? Um, It's difficult to look at that one. It's me. It's more the fouls that weren't given 
than the potential red cards that stand out. But maybe you're right, Lynn. Uh, Christopher says, Tom, do you think Arsenal should play a midweek friendly in the next couple of weeks to give them fringe players some game time and a chance to get some match sharpness? No, I don't think so. Take the rest, take the opportunity to fully recover, play the best 11 and bring players off the bench when need be. Uh, American says Saka was wide open and Martinelli took way too long to make the pass which shouldn't have been anywhere near the edge of the box so Alisson should clear it yeah it was a mistake but at the end of the day Martinelli was the reason why we went two goals up in this game with a brilliant goal and a brilliant cross for Jesus I'm not going to be too critical of Martinelli but yeah ultimately could have certainly um, played a better ball to Saka and maybe that changes our season who knows we'll have to wait and see um, Mohammed says, hey, Tom, I told you before the phone-in show that I'm worried about Zinchenko defensively and matches away from home against top teams. And I thought Mikel should have threw on Tierney in the last 20 minutes to defend the side against Salah and Trent. Again, as I've covered already in the show, I think that Zinchenko should be brought off sooner in the game. That I agree with. However, I don't agree with the argument that Zinchenko is a defensive liability more than he is a positive impact on the team of what he does going forwards. I don't think we are where we are in the league without Zinchenko being our left-back for the majority of it. And I think that we are where we are in the league because of his involvement in the team, because of the position that he plays and because of how he has tactically improved us as a side. So suggestions that he is not good enough to be our left-back are frankly, in my opinion, ludicrous and really underplaying and underselling what impact Zinchenko has made to this team because he has been frankly brilliant and we should not underestimate that. Uh, Reggie says, more of a statement. I think giving up the first goal by Ben being out of position woke Anfield up more than Xhaka did. They did the same, uh, they did the same against United, scoring in the 43rd minute, and they woke up against big teams. Again, I think it's a combination. The goal and the Xhaka moment are the reason why we didn't win this one. It's as simple as that. that if you want to point fingers, you have to point it at Xhaka, and you have to point it at the, the defending for the first goal, and then you have to point it at Xhaka for, uh, sorry, for Arteta for not being proactive and not being smart enough with his substitutions, I think, in the second half. They're the three things I point to and go, that's why we didn't win. And you could also point to Martinelli, I guess, with the final pass. But again, I'm struggling to do that considering of what he did, the contribution he made to scoring us the first two goals and the assist for the second one. Uh, Peter says, did you find it frustrating that with Liverpool having two defenders on yellow cards like Trent, Virgil van Dijk, Robertson, um, we never seem to take these players on. Again, I think it was because of the way the game played out. If we'd have been more proactive with the substitutions, maybe we would test them a bit more, but we didn't. Um, let's go to... Doo -doo 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 -doo. Um, Angel says, uh, your players, I assume that means Arsenal, were constantly diving and time-wasting but the ref's faults. I think, obviously, in these situations, teams have come to the Emirates, teams have played against Arsenal, Man City. If you watch the Man City-Arsenal game, Man City time waste for the majority of that fixture. What Edison does during that game is really pushing it to the limit in terms of time wasting. It's part of the game. It's what happens. Time wasting is part of football. Um, I get annoyed at it, but at the end of the day, I would rather my team did it because it tactically, it wins your leagues, it wins your games. But that's not really something I'm going to be critical of because ultimately, across games, Time wasting happens. It's part of football. And until they change the way in which the game is run, in terms of having a stopped clock or in terms of lengthening the game or whatsoever, it's going to continue to be part of the game. So I always find it a bit strange when anyone goes, oh, your team was time wasting because you shouldn't be pointing at the team. You should be pointing at the officiating or the way in which the game is run about how you control time wasting refereeing of games is something very different. And the refereeing of this game, I thought, was relatively poor. Obviously not as poor as what we saw in the game between Brighton and Spurs, of course. And PJMOL, of course, once again, making an apology, uh, I think, for the third time for Brighton this season. Rather ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, if you're going to talk about time-wasting, I understand. 
But ultimately, no, the refereeing was far worse. And one reason why we lost this game was was certainly because I think it was poorly officiated. We didn't lose this game, draw this game, but it feels like we lost. Uh, Rails says, I disagree, Tom. Uh, Liverpool were never going to play that bad for the whole 90 minutes. The Anfield crowd were bound to wake up. It's a point gained in my mind. And that's fine. That's your opinion. I, I don't necessarily agree with it. I do think that we could have responded better. And I think that we could have maybe managed the crowd a bit better had the Xhaka incident not happened. Um but Liverpool are a very good team still. They've got very good players. They were still going to come at us at some point during the game. I just think we gave them far too much respect in the second half. And that was one of the big reasons why we didn't come out with a win, which I think we could have done. Uh, Amira says, Anfield is a thousand times more difficult than the Etihad. Every ex-player will tell you that. Play like we did yesterday against City and we'll get something from the game. Just don't lose. I agree with Amira. I don't agree when people say if we play like we did yesterday, we'll lose against City. I don't think that's true. I think if we go into the game like we did against uh, Liverpool and we get those two goals, we go 2-0 up at the Etihad. I think we go on to win the game more comfortably than I would say that we would go on to win the game at Anfield because it's just a very different place to go um going to adam says if saliba plays do you think we win this game not necessarily i don't think as i say holding and saliba being the big difference in this game i think we can win this game with holding at the back as long as we don't do what we did in the game which was to to resuscitate anfield and to make some poor decisions with substitutions uh rrm says tom everyone's talking about zinchenko and tini but surely we could have used an informed trossard for jesus earlier Against a defence of three yellow cards, why Mikel keeps it so late to make these obvious substitutions? I don't agree. I think Jesus was having a really good game. The reason why he came off, I think, was more down to fitness and him still not being fully fit and chasing the back line for the first 60 minutes of the game. I don't think that was the change necessarily that changes things for us because we've still got to get the balls up to Trossard. So it's more for me about the fact that we lost control of the midfield by taking off Erdegaard and not bringing on another midfielder. Bringing off Erdegaard is fine. I thought Erdegaard was right to be brought off. Those second half, the way in which the second half played out is just not a game that suits Erdegaard at all. You know, I'd rather a Vieira or a Smith-Rowe or maybe even a Jorginho come on in place of Kivior in that moment. But Odegaard, who was really good in the first 30 minutes, was a big part of the reason why we were able to be as offensive and as controlling as we were. The game in the second half does not suit him. And so I would have brought on another midfielder and gained control and advantage over their two-man midfield than players defensive and as inviting as we did in the second half. Uh, going down a little bit more um, to uh, Roscoe says, sleeping on it. If we learn our lessons going into the Etihad, this will be a very valuable point. We never are going to win all of our remaining fixtures. I think this is important. That We have to remember that Arsenal were very, very unlikely to go perfect between now and the end of the season. The expectation that we would win our last nine games or our eight of our last nine games, I think, you know, was still very much um, a, a dream, a dream that I don't think was going to happen. I predicted actually when I did the Football London predictions that we would lose at Anfield. I thought we would lose that game on paper. Um, so we actually did better than I thought that we would do. I still thought that we would win it. And even though I thought maybe we would lose going into it, if you'd offered me a draw, I wouldn't have taken it because I still think we're good enough that we could have won it. And I think we showed in the 30 minutes why we're good enough to be able to win that game. But I just think that if you look at the rest of the games we've got coming up this season, if you can get a string together, it was important not to lose this. Arsenal are now on a, uh, I want to say a 10, 10 game, is it? Well, we will be on a 10 game unbeaten run. If we win at West Ham and we win it against Southampton, you'll have 10 games unbeaten with nine out of 10 won going into the Etihad. And if you think back to last time when we went and we played Man City, we lost to Everton, 
We drew to Brentford and then we played Man City with no momentum and with some real doubts in our mind about what we can do as a team. And frustration, of course, after the Brentford game as well. We have to beat West Ham. We have to beat Southampton. And then you go into that game against Man City with momentum, with belief and with confidence. And that's what we didn't have. And with Thomas Partey, hopefully as well, which, of course, is what we didn't have when we played them at home last time. Uh, Nikhil, thank you so much for the kind donation. Says, still in our hands. Bravo, don't know why fellow Gunas are overreacting. Excellent result at Anfield. Don't see us losing at City. Love the positivity, mate, and thank you for the kind support of the show. Let me scroll down in the chat, but I feel like I'm getting backlogged now in terms of comments. Um, Tailwood Studio says, the press was non-existent in the second half. Makes me wonder if Arteta asked him to stop pressing. I don't think that would have happened. I would be beyond shocked if Arteta asked them to stop pressing. I watched, um, ahead of this game, I was watching the All or Nothing series from the uh, previous season. And in a lot of the games at halftime, where he's like, you need to go in, you need to attack them, you need to be going in in the first five minutes. You've got five minutes to show me what you're capable of doing because you're not doing enough. Arteta will have not told them to stop pressing. If you think about the Everton game last season when we lost 2-1, he told them to go into that second half and press, 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 press when we were 1-0 up. And we didn't. We invited pressure onto us. That's down to the players. I do think that the changes Arteta made, as I've discussed a million times already, were the main reason, the main mistake that Arteta made during the game. Um, but no, I don't think he would have told them to not press. I think that's kind of crazy. And ultimately, if you've watched Arteta, if you've watched Arsenal this season, his minimum expectation is full energy, full pressing all the time. And he would not have told them not to do that. Um, we've got another super chat uh, from 403MC2 who says, pundits act like the City game is a guaranteed win for City. It'll be a final. Countless teams lose finals at home and we're confident to get the win at City. Love the positivity, mate. And thank you so much for the kind support as well. Peter says, Tom, it looked like Robertson put his hands on the linesman at half time. Do you think it should have been a red card or was the yellow the right outcome? Um, I haven't seen the Robertson hand situation it didn't seem malicious like we saw with Mitrovic or like we saw with Bruno Fernandes I don't think it was uh enough I think yellow card is probably fair the linesman's reaction however is is strange um he does I think he's going to get in trouble uh, is is my is my assumption is my prediction I think that he will probably have some consequences for what he did um some people might say he's just responding to Robertson put his hands on him um but you can't you can't react like that. If the expect if a player did that to an official, just just flip the script for a second. If a player did that for an official and their elbow went into the the jaw of of the of the linesman, um, the player would go. So, and I know you can't send off a linesman, but you have to think about the expectation of behaviour of the players and that expectation of behaviour and professionality should extend to those that are involved in the game, be that the managers, be that the staff, be that the officials. So I think there will be some repercussions maybe for that official. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think it was a red card for uh, for Robertson, no. Um, John says, uh, Tom, do you think a draw at the Etihad is good enough for us to win the league? I think a draw at the Etihad combined with us basically being perfect is what wins you the league um we'd have a three-point i expect to have a three-point lead that said you know brighton may be able to do us a big favor that's the the game in hand they have is an away trip to brighton who are very motivated very much trying to push for champions league european football we still have to play brighton at home of course which is not going to be an easy game brighton have already come to the emirates and won this season of course yes against a very changed arsenal team but still um and I think that is going to be very, very hard for us, even though we did well to beat them at the Amex earlier this campaign. 
But um, for me, I think that uh, that City game at, at the Amex is going to be a very pivotal moment in the season. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, Jashar says, Tom, yes, Xhaka definitely ignited the Anfield crowd, but Trent Alexander-Arnold started to stir them up further. Martinelli and Jesus continually going down also kept the Anfield crowd at it. I mean, they were fouled for me, Jashar, in moments like that they weren't given um, fouls for. And that's, for me, that that's for me is, is, is a problem because uh, they weren't given the fouls that they were given. Um, Turwood says, Tom, that's why I said I'm not quite sure why he would have said that. Tom. <laughs> I know. Uh, how are a team of athletes who didn't play for over a week not capable of pressing for 90 minutes? I think it's the mentality ultimately in the second half was, was wrong. Is that they kind of, I think, went into their shell a little bit and that has to be in my opinion, changed by substitutions that weren't. That's the criticism of Arteta that I have. Um, they were trying to hit on the counter. And I think ultimately the the occasion of the game overcame Arsenal in the second half and they kind of bent, as I say, to Liverpool's will a little bit. So that was the problem. It's not to do with Arteta stopping them from pressing. Um, boom, 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 boom. Jabu says, hey, Tom, I just joined and I thought holding was good. Me too. Uh, Matthew says, Tom, there should be no consequence for the official. He clearly just wanted to shrug Robertson off and accidentally caught him. Pathetic the way that LFC players surrounded the referee afterwards. I think Arsenal players would be doing the same thing, Matthew, to be honest. I think the Arsenal players would do exactly the same if it was us in that same position. Um, Raul says, Tom, do you think City will not drop points for the rest of the season? No, I think they will drop points. Um, I think their previous um, run-ins of 10 games, they have dropped points. I think they won't be perfect. They've got these games in the Champions League and the FA Cup. Um, of course, that FA Cup game means that another game will have to be played in midweek for them too. Uh, we've got to hope that they continue to progress. I hope they have to go into extra time against Bayern Munich. That's the hope that they just kind of, uh, it's going to be a war of attrition between those two and really challenge them. There's a lot of football still to be played. So let's see. I think there's an assumption that City will be perfect and we've just got to hope that they're not. I mean, we should assume they're going to be perfect. But uh, ultimately, if they're not, it opens the door for us. But let's assume they're perfect and then ourselves be perfect too. You know, all we've got to do is avoid defeat at, at the Etihad. I say all we've got to do. <laughs> like, it's really easy. We have to avoid defeat at the Etihad and win the rest of our game. And the title's ours. And you win titles by winning the majority of games. You don't win leagues by dropping loads and loads and loads of points. So if we don't... Uh, if we don't win the majority, if we don't uh, manage to avoid dropping points in, I think, more than two games, I think that the league could be ours. I think we can only afford to drop points in two games and probably one of them is only a draw at City. If we win at City, I think we can afford to drop points in two other games, um, but we have to win at City. Absolutely have to win at City. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I really appreciate your time, as always. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. I'll be live on the Arsenal Lounge tonight at 8 p.m. Monday night, as always, every week with myself, Mo, and Lev. So join us over there. I'll also be live on the Arsenal Way in just under an hour and a half's time, an hour and 15 minutes at 10 a.m. So you can continue to join the chat box over there to continue having a chat about things with myself and whoever I'm joined by. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, enjoy your Monday. Take your mind off football, maybe. Uh, do some different things, but then come back and, and talk with us at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning as well. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, be positive, be optimistic, be hopeful. Uh, I'll see you soon. And as always, up the Arsenal.
it's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.